TY Skin podcast is being held on the lands of the Wurundjeri people, and I wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. We would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and Aboriginal elders of the other communities who may be here today. Um, I just wanted to welcome everyone to our second episode of TY Skin. How exciting. How exciting. Talk about... Um, our distribution of the podcast, we've gotten so much, so many lovely messages from our close friends and family about our podcast. And it's really nice to see that even our uni work is getting praised already. And it was just a little intro episode. So just a little quick shout out to everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, Make sure if you do enjoy the podcast to give it, give us a follow. Um, And if you really enjoy it, give us a rating, bump us up. Absolutely. And we're excited to, you know, bring some new topics. So any questions or anything that anyone wants to have covered, we are more than open to doing that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So Tanea, um, what are we going to be speaking about today? So today we're going to be talking all about ingredients. So active ingredients, what they are, types of actives, when to use them, how to use them, Basically, this is going to be your A, B, Cs in your basics of skincare. That sounds all amazing. And while this is really um, kind of confusing for a lot of people, this, this, this tends to get a really big rap of like being confusing and people not using stuff properly in their skincare. We're, we're, we're here to break things down and help you along the way in your skincare journey. So, um, so you said the ABCs of skincare. So I just wanted to quickly go over what, an active skincare is and what it really is. So this term, um, active skincare or cosmeceutical, it was created about 25 years ago by, uh, in the University of Pennsylvania, actually, by Albert Klingman. And it was to define products with active substances and that can't be considered a cosmetic or drug. So drugs are things like your Rakutane. So a lot of people know what Rakutane is. That's to help your skin, but it's an oral form of vitamin A. And then cosmetics are things like your makeup, um, your like your L'Oreal moisturizers, that type of stuff. Um, It's known now contemporarily that almost all compounds applied to your skin, whether that's a moisturizer or a vitamin A, have the ability to penetrate and exert changes on the skin structure. Um, And cosmeceuticals are very popular now, especially with, you know, the rise of things like TikTok and all social media. Um, it's becoming a really hyped up thing. So we just wanted to clear the air on what these things are. Absolutely. So they kind of sit somewhere between your your standard kind of skincare and a drug. So they are over the counter, of course. There are other things that you need prescriptions for, which you can like be prescribed by a doctor, but these sit somewhere in the middle. So these are ingredients that are specifically targeting a concern within your skin and they have the ability to make those structural changes within your skin. So they're so beneficial. Yeah. And there's so many of them. (laughs) Yeah, uh, there's so many. So just as a little, like, regulatory statement, um, they are widely accepted that, that, well, cosmeceuticals are widely accepted that they are, they must be safe as a cosmetic and they shouldn't act as a drug. So um, they do have performance characteristics that do suggest some sort of pharmaceutical action, but they are registered where necessary and they're sold as a cosmetic. So because there is so, such an ever-expanding structure of skincare and active skincare, regulatory bodies like people like the Therape- Therapeutic Goods Administration in Australia have a bit of struggle to keep up with stuff, but they are always a good place to look at to know what is therapeutic or not. Especially for, clinici- especially for clinicians like us, it's really important to see what's being backed by science and what things um, are safe to use, of course, for Absolutely. patients. There's, there's always new um, ingredients coming out and new formulations, percentages, you know, um, and they look into all of that. And it's all very widely available. So it's really interesting to have a look, yeah. sometimes especially when you look at the back of your um, ingredients list mm-hmm. and you think, oh, my goodness, what is that? Um, which we'll talk a little bit about in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can just jump on the Therapeutic Goods Association or TGA 
and they've got so much information on there. So anyone that wants to further delve into that, it's all there. Yeah, definitely. It can be a bit confusing, but it's really good for any clinicians that are listening to have a look at that. Um, I know like a lot of clinicians, dermal clinicians who do listen to this do know about it. It's always a good refresher to look back at that stuff and be really mindful of, you know, where things sit in, in the regulation scheme of things. So um, I think we'll, I guess we'll get into it now a bit more. So we're going to be going through the ABCs, like Tanea said. So we're going to be going through like a lot of the popular active ingredients, a lot of the things that uh, a lot of you people will see in the outside world and kind of break down what they can help with, when you can use them, uh, the different names for them, because these come in a lot of different names, um, how you can organize them in your skincare regime, um, and yeah, combining them, all that stuff. So um, today I'll let you take it away. Perfect. So like Yanni said, we're going to be talking about vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. So a lot of any good skincare regimes, any kind of basic serums have will contain vitamin B and vitamin C. Um, vitamin A is so hyped up for good reason. It is an incredible ingredient. It targets so much in the skin. So they're kind of three main ones that we wanted to chat about. Um And they, yeah, they're really common. They come in a lot of different forms and in a lot of different things. Um, We're also going to talk about our alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids, which are your exfoliating acids. And then we're going to talk about our favorite sunscreen, which isn't really such a cosmeceutical, like it is in a way, um, but it is so important. How could we leave her out? Absolutely. And from a science point of view, sunscreen is probably the most scientifically researched product for skin. And it's, it's the most strongly backed in terms of anti-cancer, um, you know, uh, pigment, aging, all that type of stuff. But we'll get Absolutely. into that. And it is, you know, sunscreen as a preventer is going to be more affordable more preventative um, and the best thing that you can do for anti-aging and to prevent cancer, like skin cancer. So, yeah, yes, so important. All right, well, we're going to start with vitamin A, very fun one. Um, so let's just list off a few of the forms. And this surely doesn't even cover all of them, so I'm just going to list them, a few off my head. Retinol, which is probably the most common name, retin-A, retinaldehyde, Retinol palmitate, retinol esters, retinoic acid, tretinoin, adapalene, and isotretinoin. So the last three are more prescription based and they're often quite strong um, and they relate to like your topical prescription ones, um, but also uh, oral medications um, that people go on as well. Yeah. So basically we always recommend with this that it's introduced slowly into the skincare regime because it is quite a strong um, ingredient. Sometimes people, when they introduce it a little bit too quickly or it's uh, a a formulation which isn't quite right for that person's skin type, um, you can get what we call a bit of a retinal response. So this is often... I've definitely experienced this and I know lots of people that have, um, especially being a clinician, you always want to try fun new things. So mm-hmm. um, this can be seen as like a bit of irritation and redness to the skin. Sometimes you get a bit of flaking um, as well, but we definitely want to avoid that. Yep. So we recommend introducing it every third night in the beginning. And then after a few weeks, you can go to every second night. And then after a little bit more time, you can go to every first uh, every night so we call that the three two one rule yeah um i just so... want to quickly disclaim too that with vitamin a because it's such a um it can be quite irritating but in a very controlled way so mm-hmm. everyone's kind of response is going to be different and everyone's going to get a certain amount of a, a degree of um you know redness a bit of flaking and all that um i am going to actually put in the bio below this um a blog post from Lab Muffin Beauty Science. She did a great description on how to start tretinoin and how to incorporate them. So yeah, I'll pop yeah that would be great. 
So yeah, just as a general rule of thumb, that three, two, one rule, a lot of clinicians follow that. But then of course, it depends what type of retinol vitamin A that you're incorporating. So basically they come in all different molecular sizes, which um, is going to be attributed to how slowly that penetrates into your skin and where that is active in your skin, the pH of the product, the pKa of the product, and then the form of the retinol. So let's say, for example, as listed before, retinaldehyde, that doesn't have to undergo too many um, cosmetic um, chemical changes to be the active form within the skin. So that often has a lower irritability profile than something else, another form that has to go through quite a few uh, chemical changes in the skin before it becomes active. Yep, absolutely. So things like um, just um, just to read some a couple of things. So a small quantity um, appears to be converted into tretinoin in human skin. And this can, this can increase the risk of ir- irritation to that high concentration and conversion that's happening. Mm. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so things, things that you can kind of help manage vitamin A, I guess, irritation with uh, vitamin A, because there is that irritability skin. Um, some, some things that Lab Muffin spoke about in her blog are things like short con. So that's things like putting a thin layer of um, vitamin A onto your skin and having that contacted for about 30 minutes, three days apart, and then washing it off afterwards with a gentle cleanser. So that way your skin is starting to gauge what that product is, especially if you've never used it before and um, allowing yourself to, yeah, like climatize to that situation and work your way up. Absolutely. Um, Because you can always use it more frequently and increase, but once you've gotten that retinol response and you know then your skin is irritated and you've disrupted that barrier, it takes a lot more work to come back from that. Another Mm. thing is always using a hydrator, so always using a moisturiser afterwards so you're locking that moisture in. Mm -hmm. Um, So that this is something that you also use only at night time because UV in the day if you're using it in the morning, will actually degrade that product within the tissue. So you're basically not getting many benefits from it at all. Also in saying that, you must wear a sunscreen the next day after using it at night. Um, so let's move on and chat about some of the benefits. Yeah. There's so many. <laughs> there are, there honestly is. And it's like one of those, it, it's kind of like what I said before with sunscreen. It's one of those really well studied products. I Absolutely. mean, all the other products that we're going to speak about are amazing, but they do have a bit of conflicting evidence, but vitamin A, some benefits of this include increased cell turnover. So this is going to be really important for people with acne, uh, people with any sort of like thickening of the skin. Any pigmentation um, that's sitting in that epidermis that we kind of want to remove. Yep. And this increased cell turnover is some is why people get that flaking when they introduce it. Yeah. Um, stimulating collagen production. So that inflammation that you're kind of seeing, um, it's actually the vitamin A is actually actively working on the DNA structures of your skin to alter the skin and make it function for a lot of older people, make it function how it was when you were younger, getting that mm-hmm. efficient collagen production, breaking down, um, I guess, stubborn collagen that's not serving you a good purpose and creating that nice young collagen that we call collagen type 1. Absolutely. So we're really strengthening those deeper layers of your skin yeah. to give you a healthier, more pliable skin, and this will also help increase your skin's healing ability, which is really important as we age and really important when we're having any in-clinic treatments. It will reduce that downtime, which is amazing. Yep. Um, so reducing fine lines. So like I said, that collagen production, um, it's really working. Fine lines we call in the clinic rytides. That's the, um, that's the dermal clinic um, language that we use. Name. Scientific yeah. name. Um, and like I said, it's working on that collagen production, um, it's helping remodel the extracellular matrix, which where the collagen sits in and where the elastin sits in. Um, improving oil production. Yep. So another thing that's fantastic for acne sufferers, 
or anyone that's really got that congested kind of those blackheads where that oil is getting stuck. So to make that oil a better quality, um, to have like a more favorable makeup of lipids so that the sebum, which is a scientific name for the oil that's in our skin, um, for that to be a better quality oil so that functions to come out and sit on the surface of the skin rather than being stuck in our pores where it can then turn into acne or open or closed comedones, which are breakouts or um, blackheads and whiteheads. So it can help with that as well. Mm -hmm. So reducing pigmentation. So like we were talking about that cell turnover, um, when you increase that cell turnover, you're basically telling the cell, your skin cells in your skin to shed a bit quicker. And with a lot of pigment um, conditions like freckling, um, you know, uh, people who get those, you know, those darkening of the spots after a pimple pop, you're telling the skin to shed a lot quicker and those deeper kind of skin cells that are holding that pigment get to go further up and fade away. Yep. They get removed. And that quickening of that process means that it's it's having a secondary action of stimulating those new cells to be produced faster and they will be a better quality as well so you're basically stimulating newer healthier skin tissue which we all want yeah amazing absolutely so really vitamin a is one of those uh ingredients that is beneficial for most people for me as well Vitamin A had always been something that I'd uh, shied away from a little bit. I think until maybe five years ago, I hadn't really found one for me because I suffer with a little bit of inflammation of the skin now and again. So I really didn't want to exacerbate that. So I steered clear from it. But now I use a, um, I actually use a Dermaquest retinaldehyde. It's also encapsulated, so that brings the irritability profile down a lot as well. So that basically means that it's formulated with a lot of lipids and oils so that it holds that vitamin A to where it needs to go while it's penetrating the skin so that it doesn't become active until it gets there so that it's not irritating that those top layers of my skin. And it's just been so great for me. I am obsessed with that product. So when you find the one that's right for you, as recommended by your dermal clinician, it's fantastic. Mm. So like a couple, so like my experience too with it, I use adapalene. So that's more of a pharmaceutical form of vitamin A. Um, It's commonly paired with benzoyl peroxide in a formulation so benzoyl peroxide is very antimicrobial. So it works to like it, these two really work on getting rid of acne. Um, and it's a very common, uh, it's a very common product to be administered to teenagers suffering from acne. Um, they come usually in like a cream form, like a pump cream form. Um, so yeah. And I, I really love it. Like I, I, my adapalene, I really enjoy it. It's one of those, um, vitamin A forms that, has given me a really good result. So how did you find when you were first introducing that? Um, I was quite red and I remember when I was starting to use it, I wasn't using it all over my face. I was using it as like a spot treatment almost. Mm-hmm. And um, because I'd never used a vitamin A ever in my life. I was about 20 years old when I started it. And um, I would put them on my spots and then the next day there'd be a ring of like um <sighs> like uh I guess like pigment so like all of the all all of like my uh dead skin cells on the rest of my face were there but then this like fresh skin circle was there it was really funny actually it works quick it it works very quick honestly Um, (laughs) but it works really effective once I started using it more on my face I did notice that redness um which is which is normal um but you 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 learn to you know use that pea size amount that beautiful pea Mm. size amount that we all recommend um, to not like to lower that irritability. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vitamin A. Love it. We love her. All right. On to the next vitamin B. This one, vitamin B is also something that 
can be used by pretty much everybody, like a really low irritability profile. It's very um, anti-inflammatory, brightening. It has so many actions on the skin. So some common forms that we'll, we see and that you will even be able to um, recognize on the back of a lot of ingredients lists, but because it is so beneficial for so many different um, skin types, it's in a lot of formulations now. So some forms of this are vitamin B3, niacinamide. That one is probably, I would say, the most popular at this at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Then we've got vitamin B5, dipanthenol, which is a really inf- anti-inflammatory one. This one you see um, paired with hyaluronic acid a lot, which is great. And then we've got B12, cobalamin. So that's a great one as well. Um so this is something that can be used both morning and night and it can be used every day. Yep, definitely. Um, incorporating this is very, like, I guess it's an easier one to incorporate as opposed to the vitamin A, which is a bit more irritable. Some people find with niacinamide or any, uh, I, I find more with niacinamide than any other form of vitamin B that people can get a flushing so they can get this kind of purging moment with acne. Um, but it's it's really good. I love it. I've been um I've been trying to control my oil flow a lot recently um with vitamin B and I've been seeing really good results. Like just popping it in my T zone, so middle of my forehead, down on my nose, and then just a bit under just uh where my cheeks meet my eyes almost. And well, you've um, got more of those sebaceous glands in that T zone area. Perfect. Yeah. So um just a bit of background with the vitamin B. So um Another form is nicotinamide. So this is one of our one of the newer vitamin-based components of cosmeceutical products. And most of the studies on it is about anti-inflammatory and anti-acne actions. So it's believed that that anti-inflammatory effect can improve the skin appearance by reducing lu- leucocyte peroxidase systems. So this is things within our skin um, that help with inflammation. And this can lead to, you know, localized tissue damage and uh, ameliorate the cutaneous barrier. So it's all about strengthening. So anyone listening who did not know what I just said, it's all about strengthening the barrier and reducing that inflammation. As we know, acne is an inflammatory condition. Yeah. So anything that we can do that is anti-inflammatory for that skin, yeah. beautiful. Um, so some other benefits for it are reducing pigmentation, so it's um it's really good it's actually really good in managing things like melasma and management is the key word here it's not going to eliminate the melasma but it's going to help control it so um absolutely with 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 really deep pigment or mixed pigment things like melasma um it's a very active melanin um producing condition and niacinamide will or any b vitamin b will help with the dispigmentation by suppressing melanosome transfer so this is like that you know that exchange of this pigment from the deeper layers of the skin to the upper layers of the skin or you know the system you know our body system to the skin system um improving oil production too so um this is kind of still being debated in the science community, I guess, but there it, there is being seen a lot of like sebum suppression. So oil, like reducing that oil production, which can contribute to the acne. So acne is one of those things that are very multi multifactorial and that's one of the key factors for it. Absolutely. Um, so increasing skin hydration. So this is a great one. So this is often why it's paired with, things like hyaluronic acid and it's included in moisturizers because it stimulates your skin in your extracellular matrix to produce more natural moisturizing factors so natural moisturizing factors are things like your hyaluronic acid so it actually has that action at a cellular level within your skin to promote the production of these factors which hold water into your skin yeah. So that's ma- like extremely beneficial for long lasting hydration. Yeah. And just to give you guys an idea of like how widely administered and used vitamin B is, if you ever go to thing uh, like a chemist, like a chemist warehouse, a price line, 
a- a- any sort of like place that sells skincare, go go to a lot of the products and flip around and look at the ingredients. Look out for niacinamide or vitamin B or panthenol. It's in nearly anything. It's one of those formula. It's one of those ingredients that is very chemically stable and it's mm. very compatible with other formulations. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. It's very cosmeceutically elegant and that's why it's in everything. It's, it's, it calms things down. It's paired with vitamin A products, you know, to help with that irritation. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic point. Yeah. Um, and in saying all of that, like with the oil production, hydration, the integrity of the skin, it's improving the skin health overall and improving that skin barrier function. So yeah. it's fantastic for anyone with kind of inflammation, sensitive skins can use it. It's a great active ingredient for people who, like I used to be, a little bit nervous to try on some of those more intense active ingredients. And it still gives you fantastic results. So it's for anyone listening who doesn't really have much of a skincare regime or doesn't use serums, starting with like a vitamin B, something that's maybe paired with some antioxidants as well is a perfect place to start. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a good introduction for people who are having that sensitized skin. Um, people who are, you know, like, you know, the, we, we see so many people where like they put things on their skin and it hurt, it stings to put on vitamin B will help with that so much. Absolutely. Like it's something that we prescribe to people with rosacea. So if that's not saying something about its low irritability profile, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's it. Um, so moving on to the C of the ABCs. Yanni, um, I know this is one of your personal favourites. Oh, it absolutely is. I, 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 I spiritually connect with vitamin C. We're both, <laughs> we're both, we're both unstable and we both, we both reduce that pigment. We love punching that pigment in the face. Literally um, block that tyrosinase activity. <laughs> we do not need that. Absolutely not. No. This, vitamin C is like, um, I might link it into the bio of this podcast. It's a meme that I sent Yanni the other day. It's Kendall Jenner eating her lunch and then it, Kendall Jenner, it says my skin. And then it's got Scott Disick with a pair of binoculars. And that says um, my vitamin C looking out for those reactive oxygen species. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So vitamin, if that, once you see it, it might be one of those things that you need to see to understand. But vitamin C is like the gatekeeper of your skin. It's looking out for things that in your skin that are causing damage, causing inflammation, um uv and it's like it donates a hydrogen electron to them so it stops them being active and it stops them in their tracks so it is protecting yeah remember when i told you guys about those nerdy nerdy jokes that we're going to be making that's an example (laughs) that's an example (laughs) um all right so let's get into kind of the forms vitamin c that you might see around in shops or any sort of like uh, beauty salon or dermal uh, clinic so um, L-ascorbic acid. Most common for sure. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say. It, it, it's it's definitely one of those ones that are very popular. Um, it's, I think that's the most stable form, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, ascorbyl glucoside, my personal favourite. Um, ascorbic acid. Uh, sodium ascorbyl. And that's the type. Sorry to interrupt you. Ascorbic acid is also the type that you ingest when you take vitamin C. So. Yep. Uh, sodium ascorbyl phosphate, uh, magnesium ascorbyl phosphate, and ascorbyl palmitate. So really depending on what formulation you use, um, the molecular size will differ. So molecular sizes, just to give a quick rundown, if it's the smaller the molecular size, the quicker it's going to be um, transferred into your skin. So you have a quicker yep. reaction. So people might have a bit of redness or a bit of tingling with vitamin C. It's not, it's not like vitamin A where there's a bit of stinging. It's more of a tingling. With and this. often the smaller, the deeper the penetration can be. Yep. So often you will find our larger molecule sizes like L-ascorbic acid, ascorbic acid. Um, they are often larger molecules. They pe- don't penetrate as deep. They're still amazing. Um, they're easier to stabilize so you will find these in 
more affordable kind of skincare. Once you start getting into those smaller molecular sizes, higher concentrations, um, you'll see them in more expensive serums and things because a lot a lot of the time, a lot of money has been spent on stabilizing those molecules to making sure that they're active once they get to your skin and they don't waste away in that bottle, which is yeah. a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And so I know the ordinary um, creates an ascorbyl glucoside in a UV protected bottle because it is so, because it's, un- when I say unstable, I mean the molecular structure of it um, is very light sensitive. So yes. um, you will notice if you've ever had a vitamin C bottle, it's nice and clear. It has a bit of a yellow tinge. And then over time, if you're keeping it, if you're not keeping it away from the sun or even when you where even when you're opening the bottle for those couple yes. of seconds that you apply yeah. it by the end of your product or forever, how long you've had it, it'll turn, start turning yellow. And they sometimes can have a weird smell to them. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe it either, but it is, a, it's a very distinct scent. What sometimes what you'll notice as well is around the opening, it goes orange and sticky a little bit. And that's yeah. just, that's the product oxidizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really important to, you know, the storage of this product is really important. Um, the compartment that it's in, is really important. Um, so uses with it, it can be used both AM and PM. Personally, I recommend it in the AM because it is such a good product for UV protection. when you Yes, pair... I always recommend um, use in the morning because you want that activity while you're out and about, while you're getting that UV exposure, yep. yes. Vitamin C is known as a free radical scavenger. So to delve into that bit more, vitamin C is water-soluble and it functions on the water components of the cell and it donates these things called electrons and it neutralises free radicals. So when we go out in the sun... These things called free radicals are illuminated from the UV light onto our skin. These things scavenge, the free radicals scavenge, and they specifically scavenge for things like collagen, which, 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 which goes and into the further breakdown of our skin and the photoaging process. Perfectly said. Basically, and- they, have, they have that free electron as well which means they're floating around in your skin looking to bind things, looking to upset things. They're basically just causing havoc in there. Yeah. And when the vitamin C comes in, it's almost like think of like the Powerpuff Girls when that big monster comes (laughs) into the city and the Powerpuff Girls come in and beat that monster up. They are (laughs) – vitamin C is counteracting – it's counteracting this free radical damage and it's – unstable for a good reason it's unstable because it can quickly get that oxidative stress it can quickly scavenge that free that that um those that oxidative stress and those free radicals it neutralizes it Um, yeah neutralize it is the perfect word so yeah so for people looking for that photo protection definitely using in the am people who are looking for that supporting collagen formation more in the pm Yep. Uh, I, I still recommend it in the AM anyways. If you're if, if you're course. applying if you're applying your sunscreen properly, your vitamin C isn't gonna be um it's it's not going to um degrade from photo from the UV rays. Yeah, perfect. But also with those reactive oxygen species that we were discussing before, they are still from intrinsic aging, which means just normal internal aging we still release them from that as well. So it can still be majorly beneficial. If Even if you're, you know, 100% onto your SPF, you still are going to have that and you're still going to get that um, oxidative stress. So it's still absolutely beneficial. And, yeah. you know, like we said before, you should be using a sunscreen anyway. Absolutely. Every day. So just to go over the benefits, it's a pigment reducer. So um, another great thing about vitamin C is that it – in the in the grand scheme of how pigment is produced, there is a certain point in the pigment formation where it goes to the where the pigment is about to be formed at tyrosinase. So tyrosinase is an enzyme that catalyzes and finishes up this pigment sequence to give you that freckle, to give you that darkening of the of um of a pimple um, scar. What vitamin C does, it competes with the 
entry to this enzyme with tyrosinase and reduces it. So it, it, it interacts with the copper portion of the tyrosinase and reduces the amount that's occurring. So it's really good at um, fading things and it's also good at preventing that pigment. Absolutely what I was going to say with the prevention. Yeah. Um, it also minimizes UV damage like we were talking about with the free radicals. Um, supports supports, supports collagen, formation. collagen formation and prevents the collagen degradation like we said before. Yeah. What the, the one thing I really want to hone in for people listening is that prevention is always better than working against something that's already happened. Absolutely. So if you're young and you're unsure about some, uh, you know, skincare and you, you, you're not sure how to do things properly, vitamin C and sunscreen are always going to be the things that are going to help you in the long run, an investment, a, a skin investment, if you will. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that collagen formation will definitely be protected. But, yeah, vitamin C is one of my favourite. Tanae knows. Any, I know you love it. I love it too, but not as much as you <laughs> Um, um, anyone who you would say should steer clear of vitamin C? Um, hmm. I would say just for sensitive people, cause you can get that tingling sensation. So for anything inflammatory, like a rosacea, uh, like a psoriasis, I mm. wouldn't fully recommend it. I think reducing that inflammation in the skin that someone's having is always really important to treat before you can even go in and remove any pigment um, Absolutely. whatever. The, the, this is very co-opted with sunscreen. So if you are sensitive, then sunscreen alone is still as, as good. Absolutely. And vitamin C is something that you can definitely pair with other ingredients as well. Yeah. So like your hyaluronic acids, your vitamin B, vitamin B and vitamin C together, beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so it's like, yeah, a basic skincare, you could do your B and C in the morning, your A at night, your ABCs, you're covered. Love that. Yeah. I, I tend to, um, if I know I'm going to have a pretty hectic day with active ingredients. So if I know on the night, I'm going to be using my vitamin A and I'm going to be using my niacinamide, then I might, and I'm feeling a bit red. I'm feeling a bit, you know, tingly. I'm not going to go in with the vitamin C. Um, but most days I'm going to be, I, I use it. Um, beautiful yeah and usually they come in kind of like a droplet form you know that little like um what do you call them like a serum form like, yeah, like an a eyedropper serum. yeah like what an eyedropper vitamin c do you use i use a scorbyl glucoside um i used to use um yeah so i use this scorbyl glucoside from the ordinary and it comes in a serum form in that mm-hmm. uv protected bottle i've been finding it's really nice i used to f- use their i used to use their L-ascorbic acid in the, it's like, it's just like silicone form. It's like a water, water, no water form. Um, And it was okay. Um, But like I said, it had that smelliness to it, that weird scent. Yeah, it can be off-putting. Yeah. Those eyedropper forms are really good with, in terms of sterilizing. So when you're applying the serum, you don't want to be touching your skin. You want to be like hovering over it. Mm. I personally use a, a serum which contains other ingredients it's like a combination serum but it's got c in there i use it morning and night and that's the problematic skin serum from aspect um absolutely love it it's a good one because it's got a combination it's got b c a few other anti-inflammatory ingredients and hyaluronic acid so that's like my everyday go-to and that also is in an airless pump um and it's completely photo protected as well yeah it's amazing um <laughs> so yeah i am love it in the am it's amazing and using you, you, using that like um b- b- building yourself up is always good so not you know if, if you're going to be starting don't use it every day from the start you know try and introduce it and see be, be, be intuitive with your skin you know like see how your skin's feeling is it stinging are you getting a purge you know um i i yeah. um and always follow your instructions from your dermal clinician. And if you do see any changes in your skin, like you do have that little bit of reactivity, you do, you know, get a bit of a purge, just contact them. Like they're always, in my experience, we're always happy. 
to adjust and chat to you rather than, you know, see you in four weeks' time and be like, okay, you know, it's not agreeing with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, for a lot of people who are, you know, prepping their skin when when they're building themselves building themselves up for treatments, this is also really good too for that photo protection. Definitely. So for people who are wanting to treat pigment conditions, whether it's your freckles, whether it's you know your darkening of your uh, pimple scars, so that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Um, it's really good to prep your skin with this and keep your skin photo protected. So when you come into the clinic or any clinic that you go to and you're going to get a laser treatment or a peel, you're going to have really effective results and you're not going to have as much of a reaction in terms of redness and um, a bit of swelling afterwards. Yeah, so that's just to touch a little bit more on priming you may also have a vitamin A in there. All of these active ingredients are used in your skincare to, like you said, Yanni, to ensure that you have that adequate healing, but also to almost drip feed these ingredients into your skin so that when you have that treatment, your skin recognizes them and you get the optimal results. Coming back to pigment, using that vitamin C, you want to reduce that pigment as much as you can at home before you're spending money on these in-clinic treatments because you're going to get the most out of it that way. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, home care, absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, I guess that's enough about vitamin C. Um, we could talk about it all day. <laughs> I know, we honestly could. Um, alpha hydroxy acids, also known as AHAs, what do you think about them, Tanaya? I love them. I think that, well, there's quite a few of them. They're really, we love them. They make up most of our chemical peels that we use in clinic. So they have so many uses. Um, They can definitely be used for most people in their home care regimes at the right percentages formulations. Definitely something that needs to be... uh, prescribed by your dermal clinician because this is you don't want to exfoliate your skin over exfoliate your skin basically but used in the correct way these can be fantastic so let's go through some of the forms we've got our lactic acid we've got our glycolic acid mandelic acid pyruvic acid malic acid tartaric acid citric acid and phytic acid um so They all have different molecular structures, different reasons we would pick one over the other in the skin, different um, functions. For example, lactic acid is a larger molecule. It also um, uh, absorbs and binds to water within the skin at low percentages. It can be really beneficial for hydration, not only exfoliation. Um, Yes. So when would we use them, Yanni? Um, so they can, they, they do come in a lot of different forms. You can get them in serums. You can get them in cleansers. You can get them mm. in toners. You can get them in probably, uh, I think, a moisturiser, actually. I wouldn't um, be surprised. Yeah, no. They, they come in a lot of different forms. Um, de- t- generally speaking, um, they, are, they are a chemical exfoliant. So, uh, so it is really used in a cleanser more. So you're getting that cleansing and exfoliation at the same time. Um, so, you know, popularly seeing, we see CeraVe everywhere now, especially on TikTok. They have like a, they have a, um, they have a, alpha, they have an AHA or alpha hydroxy acid cleanser. Um, usually I would use this more in the PM. So, um, you know, using a gentle cleanser, like a soap-free cleanser, fragrance-free cleanser in the morning, and then using this at night, um, I recommend. And you have to wear SPF while using this ingredient because you are exfoliating the skin and you're getting rid of a lot of that upper structure of your epidermis, which is known as the stratum corneum. When you're getting rid of that, you are exposing the lower lower um, levels of your skin to UV rays. So using the sunscreen will help with that. Um, yeah, wonderful. You need that extra protection. Yeah. Basically, alpha hydroxy acids break down the bonds in between your skin cells, and that's how they help to remove that buildup of skin cells. 
So, um, like Yanni said, you must be using a sunscreen while wearing those. You need that protection. Um, With these, often, unless it's in a cleanser form and a low percentage, you're using it every day. It also comes in forms where, like a peel pad, they're very popular, which is a high amount, and you kind of will after cleansing use that all over the face and that's more for exfoliation they come in scrubs they come in serums but their main action is your exfoliation so you'd be using them once or twice a week if it's in those other forms or as prescribed by your dermal clinician the frequency of use and forms varies so much and they're going to be able to recommend what's best for you yeah. So whether you're dealing with pigment, whether you're dealing with a thickened, you know, skin, whether you're dealing with acne, that frequency and the strength that you're going to be using will vary a lot. So while we can always give a guide here, we, you know, we're here to give guides and we're not here to give clear cut ways to how to use it. But generally speaking, like Tanae said, that one to two times weekly is really good. Absolutely. So, um, thinning that upper layer of the skin it allows for that deeper penetration of products so it works in a basic way when you apply this chemical exfoliator to the skin you're creating a very controlled inflammation in the skin and imagine there's someone at the bottom of your skin cells with like you know c- kind of like a um like a like a soccer jersey or whatever with the with, with the whistle in the mouth and holding a up a, a referee yeah a referee that's what they're called putting a whistle in the mouth and holding a red card up that's they're, they're saying go 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 and this controlled inflammation is stimulating fresh new skin cells and it's coming up and and this is called um and because c- it's happening from the base layer of the skin up, it's called basal cell mitosis. And that's what's stimulated. That's what's stimulating that fresh new skin. That's what's stimulating the shedding of that upper layer and revealing that nice radiant glow that you deserve. Yes. Everyone deserves it. Makeup yeah. free. Um, and basically that, what basal yeah. cell mitosis means is the creation of new cells at that base layer, that lowest layer of your skin. Yeah. Um, and it breaks down um, keratin and acne. So ha- how it exfoliates, um, you know, the, the, the keratinocytes or the skin cells in the skin. And keratin, which is a protein. And that buildup can happen in, um, you know, your sebaceous glands or your oil glands or around hair follicles. So when you get that buildup, and the alpha hydroxy acid or the AHA exfoliator is applied. It helps break it down and, you know, minimize any sort of formation of that pimple happening again, because pimples, yes. pimples thrive in that high keratin, high oil, high, you know, thickened skin environment. Yeah. To expand on that, basically the recipe for a breakout. So a lot of keratin in the area, a lot of those dead skin cells, And then you've got your sebaceous gland where you've got that oil and this creates a plug. So this basically creates a blockage in that gland. Then you've got your bacteria which come in. They love that keratin. They love that oil. Then you have a pimple. So if we're helping remove that buildup of keratin with the use of our alpha hydroxy acids, um, we can prevent those breakouts. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> so it also helps to create healthy vessels. So in a really low concentration, um, in the skincare routine, um, when you're applying it, um, it helps create this thing called neoangiogenesis. So people who are having, you know, that chronic inflammation in the skin, you know, those rosacea people, those psoriasis people, you know, those people who have flushing of their face, it will help restructure the upper layers of those capillaries and the things that we call microvasculature um, and help proliferate healthier, more functioning vessels. Well said. And because because of that, because we get that, you know, healthier, um, those healthier vessels in the top, you know, near the top of our skin, it helps with waste removal. 
Yes. So basically the creation of newer, healthier vessels means that you have an increased ability of oxygen and nutrient delivery to that tissue. So overall you're having a healthier skin, brighter complexion, better removal of waste, which which really helps with you with your skin to have that glow. Yeah, absolutely. What else can I help with Tanaya? Well, similarly to how you were saying about the um, stimulation of that neoangiogenesis for the vessels, we also have a stimulation of neocollagenogenesis for the stimulation of new collagen and the conversion from type 3 collagen to type 1. So that mature collagen um, in the dermis, similarly to how we discussed with vitamin A, going to help us have a thicker more pliable dermis um and as we know as we are, as we age we have the reduction in our collagen production so stimulating that collagen production again is really beneficial for preventing any fine lines wrinkles and the thickness and health of the deep layer of our skin called the dermis yeah it's absolutely amazing um and you know uh, ahas are one of those things that you find them in such low concentrations in skincare. And then when you come to a clinic, a dermal clinic, a beauty, a, a beauty salon, they're in higher concentrations and they can, whoever's, you know, administering this peel on you in a clinic can help really control and increase the effects of these. So that it's like, if you're going to get collagen production in a skincare bottle, you're going to be getting collagen production in a peel. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Any um, in clinic in clinic treatments, they're you know they are invasive and they do carry risks, which is why it needs to be implemented by an an educated dermal clinician or a very educated beauty therapist, if if that's who you're seeing. Um, and in these situations, we're creating a larger response, higher concentrations, more inflammation in that controlled way. And that's going to give you even more results than using these at home. Yeah. So let's talk about BHAs, beta hydroxy acids, AHA's cousin. Shout out to BHAs, that oil <laughs> suppressor, that anti-inflammatory queen. Not to, no not, one, no one is like her. She is one of a kind. Oh, and she only comes in one form. Yep, absolute individual. Yeah, she's, she's unique. The, she's the Aquarius of um the skincare <laughs> realm. Oh. She is one of a kind and unique. Absolutely. So, she is called salicylic acid. Yeah. Let her name be known. Let her name <laughs> be known. So you you'll see this um you'll see this name you know like interchangeable people say bha people, people say, say sa sa is on a lot of skincare i see now it's abbreviated yeah definitely um so salicylic acid or beta hydroxy acid wh- when can it be used and how can you use it to now well you want to use it similarly to an aha because we're still having that exfoliating effect but instead of breaking down the bonds between our skin cells and that keratin It still does this, but it also will penetrate through your sebaceous gland and break down those lipids and that oil as well. So anyone that's concerned with acne, over-proliferative oil and lipid flow, this is the one for you. So similarly to AHAs, we want to use this at nighttime because we are going to break down those skin cells, remove some of the top layer of that skin. So we need to have that protection wearing an SPF in the day, the next day as well. Something, a bit of a disclaimer, side note, you cannot use this if you have an aspirin allergy because it is a derivative of aspirin. Yeah, so so that's where that anti-inflammatory property comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. So it will um, suppress and slow down prostaglandins in the skin, which are an inflammatory mediator. Yeah. So that's how it has that anti-inflammatory action. So anyone who's has that uh, inflammatory component to their skin condition or skin type, fantastic to um, control and manage that. Mm-hmm. So say, similar to an AHA, you can use it once or twice a week. Lower percentages you can use more often. Just depends on what and how you're using and what your dermal clinician prescribes. So 
like we just said, anti-inflammatory reduces our oiliness because it breaks down that sebum <clears throat> in your sebaceous gland. As well as our AHAs, it's going to break down those skin cells, thin that upper layer of your skin. So you're going to get a better penetration of products um, that you're applying after. Yeah. Um, so with this, and it, and it also, it sounds so similar to AHAs, so many people would get confused on how to differentiate the two. So um, I guess how, how would you administer a BHA as opposed to an AHA? What, what kind of person uh, would differ to nail? So anyone with that, um, with that kind of inflammatory component to their skin, um, because it's anti-inflammatory, unlike AHAs, yeah. but also anyone with that excessive oil flow. Anyone who we want to control and have that SIBO suppression, yeah. this will be administered. So it's and when you're coming in and um, to the clinic, um, you might have a salicylic acid peel, and they are perfect for anyone who's really got that kind of inflamed acne in their yeah. skin, that rosaceous skin. So many people who um people who have a form of dermatitis called seborrheic dermatitis will really benefit from this. Absolutely. So if you pair, if someone has a BHA or salicylic acid cleanser, then they go in with a niacinamide serum, lock in that moisture with, you know, a dermavine or a QV moisturizer and pop sunscreen on. It's really going to help manage that condition. So that's just an example of how that can, you know, be sequestered in a, you know, in a treatment plan. Absolutely. A lot of um, salicylic hair washes as well for dandruff and those kinds of um, yep. sebaceous, like over proliferation of that hair follicle where you've got that oil component as well. Yep. Fantastic. Absolutely. So, it, you know, if you've ever had dandruff before or, you know, you're suffering with dandruff right now, if you ever look at the back of your um, bottle, it, it'll, you know, there'll be salicylic derivatives, so salicylate you know, um, salicylate ester, salicylic acid. It'll have those kind of, you know, components of that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add about salicylic acid? Um, honestly, not really, except like I, I like, I really like it. Um, I personally use a mask, a face mask, BHA face mask. Um, it's from the ordinary. Shocking, I know. But all podcast. I um, love it though. You're I we balance each other out. You're more that like kind of drugstore, you know, get your money's worth, which is fantastic, and that's so beneficial for other people. Yep. To know like those more affordable options, I'm definitely the opposite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're my that bougie lifestyle. My skin is my most expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I use the ordinary um two percent Stella Sleek mask, and it kind of looks like um, it's black and like thick. It almost it's like a tar, like um, charcoal kind of look to it. And I just apply it in that T zone, like I said, with niacinamide T zone. Apply it for ten minutes, and then wash it off with a gentle cleanser. And it it really helps with my oil flow. It helps with also open comedones. So those are you know people know them popularly as blackheads. It helps really helps with that um, and also any sort of acne formation. If I'm getting, you know, a breakout, it helps control that. What about you? Yeah, I've used um, the Paula's Choice. I think it also is 2% BHA. Mm -hmm. um, it comes out like a toner, so it's quite a light liquid, which you will put onto a pad and use all over the full face or I use it on a full face, but you can use it wherever you please. Like mm -hmm. you said, you could use it in your T-zone. Um, and I use that as an exfoliation, um, and you just leave that on once or twice a week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of like the ABCs of skincare. Um, and then now sunscreen. All hail our queen. Like, honestly. Bow down, like, honestly, like Egyptian Nefertiti. <laughs> but it <clears throat> is just... If you're not using sunscreen and you're using any of these other products that we've discussed or any cosmeceutical skincare, there is almost no point. You yeah. are you are counteracting <clears throat> any benefits of your other ingredients because 
this UV exposure, which unfortunately in Australia, living under that hole in the ozone layer, our UV, la- uh, our UV levels are at damaging amounts almost every day of the year. So it yeah. needs to be used every day. I mean, the most obvious benefit of sunscreen is preventing melanoma, which is the, is it the most common cancer in Australia? It's one of the most common cancers and it's one of the, it's one of the biggest killers alongside suicide for young Australians. So, which is, which is so sad because, you know, in Australia, we have, yeah, we, we have that culture in Australia of, you know, out in the sun, enjoy the beach, you know. When people see, when tourists or people from outside of Australia think of us, they think of the beach, they think of the outback, they think of that sun-kissed kind of thing. But it's so dangerous here. Yeah, like the ad, you know, like that initiative. There's nothing healthy about a tan. Absolutely not. Um, so yes, sunscreen. We've got physical sunscreens and chemical sunscreens. Um, I hate using those words, but that's what we've been given it's kind of it's it's one of those like arbitrary terms mm. um but like you know it's more inorganic and organic um where you know scientifically speaking but popularly they're the chemical and physical yes so it really is personal preference isn't it yeah it is um they uh, a lot of there's a lot of myths about it and we we could talk about this in another in another podcast honestly but um, you know, there's a bit of differences between the two, but it's very, like, it's almost minimal that it doesn't mean anything for the consumer. Mm. Um, I think the main thing about us SPF, which turns a lot of people away, is the texture and consistency. It's one of those things where you have to find one that you like and that works for you. I mean, <clears> if you're <throat> going to prescribe someone a thick, sticky, zinc-based sunscreen that, you know, someone that has acne or congestion then you you know you're going to be so reluctant to use it because it doesn't feel nice or if they're anything darker than someone from europe like honestly like that that yeah, white no. cast is crazy there's so many amazing products out now um a lot of my friends i've seen using the ultraviolet um spf which is more like a serum consistency my one that i love um is the sun forgettable which is actually a powder spf so that oh wow is, is amazing you can just use that it's which makes it so easy to reapply as well yeah definitely that reapplication is important um Mm. i use the i've used the natio daily defense moisturizer before in spf 50 loved that um but i've moved on just to try other stuff now i've been using the cancer council matte facial matte SPF 50. That's a sensitive one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm loving it. Um, I I've mean, like as well, it's really lightweight. Yeah. For someone who's oily, like me, I'm very uh, like oil, oily, acne prone. Um, it is really great for me. Like I love it. Um, also the, uh, what's it called? Bondi Sands. The Bondi Sands face SPF is really good, good too. Things. I've heard good those, th- those three, whoever's listening and, you know, is a bit more Mediterranean, you know, um, Middle Eastern, African, um, you know, Southeast Asian, those ones are really good for white casts. It, it won't give you a white cast. Um, yeah, great tip. It, it, it'll really like, you know, d- you know, uh, kind of soothe, smoothen into the skin and give you that good finish. Hmm, great tip. Yeah. So, yeah, basically I think we've touched on it throughout this whole conversation but that uv exposure is the main cause of photo aging so the signs of aging like pigmentation wrinkling righted like we said we call it that thickening yellowing of the skin um, sebaceous hyperplasia as well which is where your sebaceous glands actually get larger i mean pore size is a concern for so many people so if you're not protecting against them getting larger from that uv damage no amount of skin needling or in-clinic treatments is going to treat that. So there's no condition under the sun, pun intended, <laughs> that is not going to benefit from sunscreen. Go off, Kendall Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, just to kind of wrap everything up in terms of what we've spoken about, always, 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 whether you are seeing a dermatologist, whether you're seeing a dermal clinician, whether you're seeing a beauty therapist, the first step to initiating 
aesthetic treatments, no matter the choice, is to prepare and recommend a daily skincare regime. That will always be the first thing that you need to do. And it's obviously so exciting to do things because there's so much out there and there's so much research behind things. But these eight that foundation of your skincare is the most important thing. And, Absolutely. you know, people, you know, clinicians have a responsibility to help achieve that healthy appearance of their pa- of a patient's skin um, with, with our education, with our skincare guidance. And we hope that whatever we've said today can stick with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, especially this being the basics, a lot of the time it is all you need. If you are someone that's not very problematic and you're wondering where to start or what sub- what you need to do to supplement your skin just to be preventative and to keep up that skin health that you have, um, yeah, that's a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed everything we've spoken about. Do you have any sort of like parting words to now before we go? No, I just um, would like to, again, thank everyone for listening. Um, we're always open to answering any further questions. Yep. Um, if anyone has any product questions or um, queries, we're always here to answer them. Yep. Um, I will be putting a um, Google form in the description also of our podcast, and that's where you can recommend um, anything you want to be discussed on the podcast. Um, we've gotten a couple already, so we'll, we'll get around to them and make sure we're talking about them. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you so much, Tanea, for talking with us today. And I guess we'll see all of you guys in our next episode. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.